Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here to talk about episode 311, The Perfect Witness, part three. That was great. It's the last part. It Of three? Three out of three. Three slash three. The song by the Japanese house, three out of three? I, I would say that song is a five out of five in my opinion. Woof. And we do stay in the Japanese house on this uh, podcast. Yes, very much. <laughs> I miss live music but that's not a part of what we're talking yeah, about no. here. oh boy live music hmm. <sighs> can we get a moment of silence for live music anywho anyone who uh listens on overcast didn't get to hear that <laughs> that's just me i'm pretty sure <laughs> no it, it, it's not a significant percentage but we do have a percentage of overcast listeners oh well if you do listen on overcast if you don't up. listen on overcast do yeah if you have apple i highly recommend I, it i so i do know that over 50 percent of our listeners listen on iphones so, oh or ipads so like, i devices they have access. yeah yeah do not use spotify for podcasts if you have spotify overcast. is bad for podcasts and apple podcasts is solid but not as good as overcast no and really i honestly think that apple podcast is probably it, in my opinion, it's worse than Spotify. Ooh, it's, it's, a, it's a hot take. I don't know. Just the way that it's set up, at least with Spotify, I'm familiar with the UI well enough that, like, okay, I can look it up pretty easily. Yeah, and but it's such a bad UI. Oh, it's bad. No, it's yeah. it's very bad. But at least it's straightforward. I feel I felt when I tried to use Apple Podcasts, like, it was all kinds of backwards, and, like, my downloaded podcasts were kept in, like, the same spot but they weren't like clearly marked i don't know yeah maybe i'm just bad no no i mean that that's fair if you're uh, if you're on android uh pocket casts is always solid but mm-hmm. i personally big fan of player fm yeah been using it for like six years he's got a a very long relationship with player fm Mm-hmm. anyways that's been podcast app corner for <laughs> some reason hey you know it's it's pretty relevant i mean we we are a podcast medium for podcast consumption so uh this uh this episode aired um originally on april 22nd of 1995 it was written and directed by paul mccusker and it was the final episode on album 23 twists and turns not twist and shout twists and turns (laughs) Oh, Twist and Shout. What a very aggressive Beatles song. There's just a lot of, well, shouting. Mm -hmm. It's also referenced in 60s-something. That's right. Huh. You know, we've... I... We've we've made too many episodes of this show, I think. That's probably fair. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're making more, folks. (laughs) Or very fortunate. I don't know. Uh, Cast-wise for this episode, we've got the same people we've been working with, except for two new people. We've got Irv Immerman playing Mm -hmm. Dr. Marcus. Uh, Irv Immerman has, I don't know, had some minor IMDb credits as just like additional voices and stuff. And also uh, recurred as the radio announcer on Rugrats. Hmm. Did you ever watch Rugrats? I did not watch Rugrats. Yeah, me neither. That was but like, if you did, it was before tweet my us. time, right? Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Nickelodeon growing up. Ah, well, I didn't have cable growing up. See, yeah, I oh. shouldn't. Wow, Rugrats starred. He's got episodes in 
97, 2001, and 2004. So I guess that show ran for seven years at least. It was successful. It, it was a staple for people that weren't me. But yeah. I do remember there there were several movies. Uh, no, no live action, to my understanding, but that, that that's to come. We'll get a live action Rugrats remake. Mm, that that's is really so uncomfortable. Cursed. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to see that fan art, folks. Nope. Nope. Keep that to yourself. Sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Um, uh, we also get Steve Burns. We as do have Officer Steve Stu. Not to be confused with Officer Stu Burke. Yes. Which is so confusing. It was so confusing hearing it because, well, and then he said, because he calls him Stu later, and I was like, wait, did they switch the same actor? Is it the same officer? I didn't realize that they were like separate entities until the end of the episode. Correct. Yes. And he sounds just like Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Burns. (laughs) This... This is pre-Mitch. Yeah. So he, yeah, he he's just, he's not in Rodney mode. He is in pure Mitch. Yeah. It is. Delightful, actually. I, I kind mean, of I, on I, brand. I, I really, I really liked it. it. It brought me warm feelings. He also, he's like pure Mitch with just like a sprinkling of Borland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he definitely has the, uh, like, kind of, uh, I want to say like, fratty uh agent vibe that maybe mitch airs on a more uh cutesy down-to-earth right. side you know yep. he is from maine yep. after all the, the the most cutesy and down-to-earth state that exists right take that virginia um but you know yep so yeah that is uh that that is just delightful to see and you know confusing a little bit <laughs> but yes but his officer stew and i can't imagine this is possibly uh, canon, but he is on the wiki. His last name being Stu S T U. Is that real? I it, it, does it, anybody it, go by Stuart and Stu spelling it S T U? Oh, no, but I I think Stu is his last name because they oh, keep calling him Officer like they because they call the other guy Officer Burke. Yeah, even though his first name is Stu. Mm-hmm. So I have to assume Officer Stu is last name Stu. His first name is probably Burke. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) This Burke seems to be made of stew. We've got uh, Stu Burke and Burke Stew. Speaking of spinoffs, I want that with Ethan over top of them, and we get like a like a like an eighties crime show. Yeah, and we can maybe uh, throw in Officer uh, Burt Ward. No, 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 not Burt Ward. Um, Ward Bond. Oh yeah, Ward Bond. (laughs) The one that has no actual words or names yeah. in his name. I just edited that episode the other day, so it has been fresh on my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Burt Ward. Oh, boy. Um, And then, yeah, I think that's basically all the context we have. I mean, we've, we've done two of these already. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and play the promo. The mysterious robbery at Holstein's Bookstore comes to a shocking conclusion, all on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Up to now, all the evidence and clues have pointed nowhere, until Eugene uncovers a connection and a suspect that no one would have ever imagined possible. Stay tuned for the surprising results next time on Adventures in Odyssey. A man is channeling the ghost of the case of the secret room. Very well. (laughs) 
good music yeah no i I, it's all right i was uh sorry i was distracted reading the strange goofs that are on the wiki for this episode i don't know (laughs) wiki goofs don't count no Mm -mm. i i so much respect to everyone who contributes to the wiki except the boy boy are the goofs rough yeah well, I think that the mistake being made here is that every episode has to include a goof segment. <laughs> it doesn't, though. Sometimes there are no goofs. Okay, I don't know so why my voice did that. There should just be less goofs is what yeah, we're establishing. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode... The goofs, the goofs are just like... Are, are very comic book nerd. You know, the comic yeah. book nerd stereotype of the, well, well actually, actually, in, you know, episode 32, they set, they established that, you know, Hal's Diner was on the right. But in this episode, they say it's on the left. Now, it I, could be that they're coming from the opposite direction this time, but we know that Witsend is north. I'm like, oh, I can't. I, I, I get it. I can't deal. You've retained There's so much There's 900 episodes. There can't be perfect continuity. Wow, that's very, that's not very on brand for the podcast of you to say, Dylan. No, no, no. When I nitpick, it's cool, Andrew. When random internet people do it, it's cringy. Mm. That's the difference. Yes. I am cool, so I can nitpick. And I'm just cringy most of the time. So, like, eh, there's just That's what they call us, cringe and cool. Yep. That was, that's what they call us. That is (laughs) On the streets. (laughs) the sidewalks as it were (laughs) Uh, anyway this episode begins uh right where the other one left off with ethan and quinn uh kind of catching up with you know obviously last episode ended with them realizing that they left the book in the abandoned building and so therefore that wasn't what they were after um and so now they're they're reassessing it uh and you know this is ethan and quinn um and then Eugene and Katrina show up, uh, and Eugene, uh, I'm sorry, Katrina gets her K-Knapsack back, and um, and they're going through it and assessing um, kind of what's been going on. Yep. Eugene's, yeah, Ethan's got this moment where she's like, oh, the only reason this is still a case is because there was kidnapping involved. And Quinn's like, wait, 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 Eugene's stuff's still missing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Eugene is compiling a list of all the stuff um from his computer for uh the, the files that were erased from his computer to try and find the connection um and yeah so you know this is where kind of ethan is establishing that they thought that the holdup was a scheme to get the book but obviously it wasn't but the book and the computer together will solve the case is kind of what's established here right and katrina finds a torn corner of an envelope mm-hmm. in the bag yep um which they then she's then like, well, I don't put trash in my bag, so this mm. must be something. I'm like, man, you are a much better person than I. Yeah, man, the bottom of my backpack is full of accordion papers. Yeah, that, uh... also the door cards in my car. Like, who are yeah. you, Katrina? I, I I guess you're the person who marries Eugene. So very organized. Lots yeah. of uh, compart <laughs> cl- cleanliness, sanitation. You know, she probably did very well during the COVID season. Yeah, no, oh, that's true um man are we getting gonna get covid odyssey well we kind of feel like we're past it enough that it probably doesn't have to happen i don't know how script cycles work but i wouldn't 
hate it depending on the angle they take. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> very, be, very important uh, caveat there. Very, it could be very helpful. And, and to be honest with you, everything that Focus did with putting out the, you know, like, right, it was what, about a year ago when they put out um, their like basically at home package where you know yeah. you could get odyssey and they mm-hmm. had focus on the family they had arts and crafts and things for people that were stuck at home that, that, yeah, that's not so bad i right. mean it's it's all right but you know yeah. well, it, if we get COVID odyssey i just i'm scared <laughs> yes yep um that might be what kills the show <laughs> ivy i i, I hate Odys- Odyssey catches COVID and dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe that's how they get rid of Wit, finally. <laughs> <laughs> he got oh, no. Man, with all that ice cream, he's definitely pre-diabetic. His immune system is shot. The man we don't, was we don't hear him eating ice cream often. Plus, have you seen how much weight Stoatkowit has lost? Yeah, that's true. He, he definitely runs Ironmans or something. <laughs> He doesn't win them. He just does them for you know right. the sake of doing it because he's got so much time because he doesn't watch TV. Right, that's true, and that's yep. That's why he's ripped. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna go oh, full uh, Uncle Iroh for those Avatar lovers out there and just get jacked during COVID. There, there you go. And that's when we get superhero wit. Oh, this is great. This is great oh, head cannon we're oh, building perfect. here. Perfect. Um, and yeah, so they, <laughs> so the, I don't know the envelope thing so i'm just gonna get this out of the way i don't love this episode guys out of the three-parter yeah out of the three-parter so the joke that kept running through my head um was uh i've heard of a most extraordinary conclusion this is a most disappointing conclusion very nice we can we can insert the drum effect here um yeah it's all right i mean it's fine it's fine there's a lot it, that happens it loses all the stuff that i was excited about the first couple episodes yeah for some twists and turns that are unnecessary and a mystery that cannot be solved from clues laid throughout yeah like it just it, it's it's the kind of mystery conclusion i hate where it's like left turn into something we couldn't account for yep which I'm sure, pretty sure we've mentioned on this show before. Yeah, we have. It was with the structure of mysteries. And, yeah, yeah it, it is unfortunate. And <laughs> that's why whenever we enter into a three-parter, I'm so skeptical about the third part. Because Odyssey does two-parters pretty well. But typically, when they do a three-parter, it's because so much happens. And there's, like, at least one big uh, change in direction yeah that they have to like right. accommodate that and they, sometimes they, it ruins it, the good things it can land yeah i think um i think the, the other uh, side of the glass. other side of the glass does it well mm-hmm. i think the other one that does it poorly is um the uh rydell saga that we covered well rydell revelations uh, yeah part that three. doesn't even count like it's all bad yeah um, but <laughs> no you hear it from us well no you did you can tell your <laughs> tell your children but no the the one the one i was gonna i was gonna throw out is the um uh the connie and mitch here today gone tomorrow three-parter yeah. also has this problem yeah where it's just like it's fine but it really falls apart under scrutiny 
Yeah, well, and this one, especially the reason that they give at the end, yeah, we'll like get it's, into it. It's, but. it's okay. I like. It's just after loving the last two, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you made the third part kind of like non-compelling, but it's yeah. okay. So Three out of five. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's this whole weird thing where Katrina's like, oh, yeah, there's a torn corner of an envelope. And it's like, yeah, but we already knew about the envelope. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a thing that was established in, in Jenny's testimony. Mm-hmm. That then, like, it should be enough to go on from that. Like, they should have, when the police were going through Katrina's stuff, mm-hmm. they should have at that point gone like, oh, interesting, there's no envelope, and then asked Katrina, like, hey, we heard an envelope, I wonder if that is any, like, if that yeah. triggers anything for you. Yeah. And then Katrina could go, no and then maybe come back to it but Mm -hmm. it's this weird thing that they did that they did last episode and they're doing again here but i think it's even worse here where it's like we already have something established through jenny's testimony that they then discover as a new clue that doesn't add anything no not really but is just there other than going to prove what was already proven and it's like if they find the knapsack and the book is there mm-hmm. the money is there they know about the envelope immediately you're going to ask katrina hey like the stuff that was added to your backpack is still there was anything taken from it and did you by chance have an envelope like if it hadn't occurred to them before it has to now and so it's just this like clunky thing where she's like well there's a torn piece of an envelope and it's like Okay, yeah, great. Great, but like we we already, already knew. knew that there was an envelope. We like, already heard We we it. already established that the book wasn't in an envelope. Yep. And like that was like the big thing that wasn't adding up before. So the envelope's already on everyone's mind. It just I don't Well, know. and and it's the annoying. thing is that it it was clearly heard in the original scene and then it was established after recounting and then it was established after recounting a third time. Right. And now it is yes. the fourth time where we're talking about the stupid envelope. And, and I get it. Like, and it's he's coming up like it's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. This time. And yeah. that bugs me. And, like, Ethan has a throwaway line where she's like, oh, yeah, Jenny said something about an envelope. But it's like, you need to pay more attention to that. It is the only lead you have. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we just kind of like, yeah, whatevering this? Yeah, well, and the, the, the they, show. They opened put... the envelope and were excited. Yeah. That was the thing. That was that, the whole point. That was what they stole. In was part whatever one. was in yeah. the envelope. You established that it wasn't the book. We need to care more about the envelope. It's really annoying. Um, and it'll only get more annoying this episode. So they, we then get a call from Detective Mitch, who says, uh, "Sorry, Detective Stu or Officer Stu. I guess he's just—he's not a detective. He's just an officer. Yeah, Anyways. Officer Mitchell's Stu, right? Mitch Stu." Um, <laughs> and he he um explains that they found a handprint on the bedroom door at the hideout Mm -hmm. and um there's like a thumb they they got not just a fingerprint but the whole hand yeah and and ethan's immediately like oh great that is like Mm. that is a thing that we you know needed yeah evidence Um, great this is great evidence but also like that lines up with jenny saying saying like oh there was some guy who who leaned over and was changing changing 
Yeah. Yeah, and it so, up against the door frame to change or whatever. Yeah. And so we then we then le- leave the scene, and it's mm-hmm. Eugene talking to Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, I just had this thought that, like, I gave you that report to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm immediately like, right, and you gave it to her in an envelope. And then, like, slowly they get through that. Yeah. But it's like, he thought that it was, that the report was unimportant. Mm-hmm. It must be important. Oh, then they say in unison, it was in the envelope. And it's like, okay, great. great awesome. Go tell Ethan. No, 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 no. Eugene rushes over to Dr. Marcus yeah. to preposterously say, like, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. That, yeah. I that it, It's rough because Dr. Marcus is like, no, Eugene, you're being crazy. Why would I be in trouble because of all? Like, why would I be in danger? And I fully agree with Dr. Marcus. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Even though he's the one masterminding this, he is not in danger by knowing, like, he commissioned Eugene to write the report. Why would anybody go after the person who commissioned him to make a report if they already have the report? Yeah. It's just, right. It's this whole messy thing because we got to meet Dr. Marcus because he's going to be the villain. And he is, for, for what it's worth, uh, this is a fun scene. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think Irv Immerman does a really good job in his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Marcus is like, we, especially listening to this the second time um, in prep, you get to hear all of the like, he is worried about like when eugene's like yeah. eugene's like well you're you're in danger because you're the only connection between because of the book and the report yeah. and he's like he's like is oh. that what the police think <laughs> right is that what exactly is that what the police think that doesn't really make any sense that's quite like a tenuous connection mm-hmm. like he's really like setting it up well and he also does like he's you know he he calls eugene's report like a masterpiece um and then like incredibly insincerely apologizes for its disappearance yeah that woman was tough where he's like oh look i'm so sorry and it's not even that like yeah Yeah, i don't know he i think it's well played Mm -hmm. i think dr marcus is an idiot but i think irv immerman is performing that scene well yeah well Um, he's just trying to dismiss him yeah and just kind of because if he he recognizes that Eugene has a lot of information and right. is close to it. If he starts pulling it. at these threads. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Dr. Marcus is like, you know, Eugene, I don't have my copy. I tossed it. I didn't think it would be. I figured you'd have your own. Mm-hmm. He he kind of asks Eugene. Well, when Eugene's like, I don't know. With the, when the draft has been stolen and, or, um, and Mar- Marcus is just kind of like, well, what does it matter? Just print out another one. Yeah. Um, which is another, like, I got to throw them off. Like, mm-hmm. make sure, like, I'm not implicated in this. Yeah, for not So, like, not I'm playing extra that... naive because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he shouldn't. He's not doing the stupid villain thing of being like, oh, yeah, and I guess you don't have any other copies because your computer was starting. Wait, how, how did you know? know? <laughs> like, so I, I can appreciate that in the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and then, I, yeah, yeah Eugene a, just like reemphasizes this danger aspect, and he's like, "You're you're over dramatic." Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then we cut to, uh, it's, uh, Quinn, and, uh, <laughs> I have him in my notes as Mitch, but it's Stu. Yeah. Mitchell Stu, obviously. Um, and it's him calling Quinn, identifying that the fingerprints were, um, they crossed them against anybody that was in the system. Right. Um, that had committed a previous felony. Pretty cool. Uh, and then. Classic police yeah, maneuver, you know. Uh, Martin Franklin Johns. We get, we get full names. We right. get address in Connellsville, and he owns a pickup truck, so he yep. fits the bill. Yes. And we get them storming in. Before that, though, we have an incredible, uh. An incredible Quinn line of, I love you, Stu. Yeah. Buy yourself some dinner on the department. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is that why police budgets are bloated? Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> hey, man, I used to work at a donut shop next to a police station, and uh, I don't know, man. My taxes could be going towards donuts. I would have no way of knowing. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, and we saw them use the company card. No, no. <laughs> I don't know what their company card looks like, but I've seen a lot of policemen's credit cards, so. Make of that whatever you will, Chuck yeah. Squad. Um, yeah, then they, right, here's the thing. They kick down Martin's apartment door, and that's just, like, un, like. They have a search warrant, I guess, right, and they but just like, explode. Knock. <laughs> they didn't knock. Like, it sounded like doors they took out expensive. a wall. <laughs> like. like I did. This is bad timing because I just watched a last week tonight about uh, police raids and everything. Did you yeah, watch that one? I did not. Oh, it's pretty good. I highly yeah. recommend. Uh, well, but there's, yeah. there's what is? Is it? It might. It might be a psych plot. I forget what it is. There's something about like about like a police officer like repeatedly kicking down doors and them getting like a high bill because of it. Of it yeah. just being this whole thing it might of be like a movie or something. Yes. I don't know. But I think I've I've definitely seen that before that bit. And yeah. It makes sense because right. they, you know, destruction of property. Right. And so it's like, why you you didn't need to like Martin is fully caught off guard. He's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> Who? What? How did you just crash into my house and then <laughs> you took out my then, entire wall? <laughs> right. And then he immediately does the whole like he he starts to talk and drops the you know yeah. establishing himself as goon one mm-hmm. very important you know yeah and then so okay so he's goon one he's but goon we, one we do get goon two later we do get goon two because okay, actually the next scene is a one-sided telephone call with uh marcus talking to goon, goon two. two yes yes our favorite one-sided telephone call where he did it does he threaten marcus does he say, yes. don't threaten yes. me? Yes, I believe Marcus does say, don't threaten me. You know what? <laughs> you know the line that you always say when you're being threatened? Yeah. Well, I mean, Dylan, next time you threaten me, I will be sure to address it in exactly that manner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically that whole scene, but it's just like setting up for us, the audience, that, oh yeah, Marcus is the bad guy, in case you didn't pick up on that already. Yeah, from the previous, like three scenes of it being beat upside your head no right but a character who has not appeared until this episode yes let me be clear he was a little suspicious on the phone whenever he was on the phone and now that i know that he's the bad guy it's very unfortunate that they just really shoehorned it in there for some sense of continuity but yeah um and so right so then we we jump back to the police station you hear me he tells him oh obviously not right uh not yeah, do don't anything. don't do anything rash yeah the whole then, classic bit 
Yeah, and then we get uh, Detective Ethan and then um, Mr. Roberts and Jenny all together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they've come down to the station to id martin mm-hmm. um there's this whole like setup where they're in you know a room with the with the one-sided glass i i was also just like it is really dumb that eugene has not told the cops about his findings yeah at this point <laughs> like i'm so mad that he has gone to talk to marcus left marcus gone back to his dorm because he's been watching to, like, too much hang out <laughs> And the police are none the wiser. Like, that's pertinent information. Um, But, yeah, so Jenny identifies him. She recognizes his voice, and she's like, but there's just one thing missing. And then he drops a, you know, and she's like, oh, there it is. Um, Which, like, funny. Yeah. And and fun because you did point it out in the previous previous episode. So he hits it so hard. I, to be honest, I didn't notice it. But I am also somebody well, that does verbal tics, yes. like, as a, I don't know, second language. I mean, having listened to this, I am so verbal tic prone to, like, I know my own tics and I cannot stop them. It's unfortunate. It really, you know, it, it really is. Yeah. I, I also, you know, I realized, I'm going to hit my head into this microphone now. <laughs> I, I slid one in there. You didn't even know, you know? Well, now I do. K-Napsack. K-Napsack. Um, was that fun last episode for you listeners? <laughs> I think I thought it was fun. <laughs> so we make this show for us, right? Right. And so, yeah, then, then after Jenny IDs him, Ethan is like, you know, Jenny, they kept saying you were the po- perfect hostage, but actually you were the perfect witness. Roll and then the credits, credits roll. <laughs> yep. And the episode ends. <laughs> And we never get a conclusion. And that's why I hate it. No. Um, <laughs> Honestly, it might be better if it I ended that way. I do not hate this episode. It's a three out of five. That's I'm, not hatred. I'm just a little frustrated because of how much I like the last two. And it's I'm all about tenure. Extremely really? critical about. Yeah. Really? You know, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, we then. What? Uh, oh, then Katrina tells detective ethan about eugene's report mm-hmm. which thank you so yeah. much yeah and is like and ethan's like all right we gotta you know we should get over to eugene or whatever like they, they they're they're gonna go visit him at the college now mm-hmm. um and then oh there's this dumb runner about um that we didn't hit on earlier, but Dr. Marcus leaves his phone off the hook. Oh, he yeah. he doesn't have to answer calls. Yeah. And then he agrees to put it on the hook for so, Eugene. Yeah, so and, he can get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, but then the Goon 2 calls him on that phone <laughs> to complain about Goon 1 being taken into custody. I didn't connect that, uh, yeah, Goon 2 calling him would have been playing on the bit from earlier, but, I guess it is? I don't know. It's just funny that that's, like, a bit twice, and then, like, the next time we see Marcus is a phone call. Yeah. And I just, I expected it to pay off better, and so it's weird, the payoff that we get. I definitely agree. Um, and, uh, so it's in his office... Which apparently has a separate room built onto it. I don't know if this is a it's bathroom, closet, a closet. Dude, it's be a closet, could be a classroom, perhaps. Sure, all oh, are man. options. 
Um, it also has incredible soundproofing, but only to block the sound going out, not the sound coming in. Yes, of course, naturally, as one always builds their rooms. <laughs> because because Eugene's voice comes in at the same volume as the people arguing in the room, and I'm like, how does Eugene not hear all this? And yeah. then he, like, does kind of, but not enough. I thought I heard you talking to somebody. Oh, yeah, I was on the phone. <laughs> Great cover-up. Looks over and it's off the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, talking to myself. I did spend some time learning about schizophrenia today, so could be that. Hey, you never know. Um, and so, right, so there's this, right, there's this big, I'm doing the right thing again. There's this big argument between Marcus and, and the second goon about mm. the whole situation of, like, just... Goon 2 getting really, like, antsy about all that's going on, and Marcus trying to, like, shut it down and also be like, we didn't come this far to turn into cowards now or whatever. Yeah. Just, like, classic villain. Oh, you messed it up by taking the girl and everything like that. and Yeah. It... Oh, right. Yes. The the blame shift. Yeah. It, it's it's all right. I mean, again, it's it, it feels kind of manufactured in the sense that, okay, we, we built up Goon 2 and Goon 1 as being involved in this, but Marcus as the bad guy... It's just kind of thrown in here in this episode, and so it kind of leaves this scene being a little bit more lackluster right. than um, than otherwise. And so, anyway, he so hides Eugene, in the closet. Yeah, Eugene walks in, goes, "I thought I heard you on the phone," and or "I thought I heard you talking to someone." And Marcus is like, "No, that was the phone." And <laughs> Eugene's like, "Okay, well, guess what? I we no longer have a uh, problem because mm -hmm. uh, Marcus found or." Uh, because I found the report in the po side pocket of Katrina's knapsack. You um, mean K-knapsack. And isn't that great? And uh, I'm going to go, like, you know, scan it into my computer now and upload it. And it's going to be delightful. And, yeah. And Marcus is like, oh, well, why don't you just bring it to me? I'll write you a cover letter. You really deserve this, Eugene. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, well, first, I'm going to make copies yeah. so that I don't lose, lose it again. It. Smart boy. And uh, then he walks out mm -hmm. uh, after Marcus is like, make sure you're here first thing tomorrow morning, which weird. A little, yeah. Not Just like, I'm a person of authority and I will put you in your place, Eugene. Yeah, you better be here right at eight o'clock because I have a nondescript flight out of Odyssey at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Where yeah. are you going? Oh, Tijuana. Nothing yeah. big. Um, <laughs> right. And so, so then we get, we get the uh, the converse another conversation after Eugene leaves between mm -hmm. Marcus and Guntu, who we find out is named Russell. Oh. Where he's like, uh, Russell, you got to go like get that from him. Russell up that paper right now. Mm -hmm. And so he breaks into Eugene's dorm room wearing a ski mask with the, the lights, lights are off because of course he's working on this computer. I mean, do you work on your computer with the lights on in the room? Usually, really. I'm, it's really I'm bad on your eyes if you don't. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I am very worried. Andrew, for there's myself. such an easy solution. <laughs> but I don't know. For for me, some for some reason, it makes it easier for me to get distracted if the lights are mm. on. I use like I turn the lights off when I am watching a movie. Mm -hmm. But if I am working, I always keep my lights on. That is probably good for your eyes. Yeah. I definitely need to see an eye doctor. Yeah, it makes, like, <laughs> the backlighting on my keyboard really lackluster. 
Do you have backlighting? I do have backlighting. I have zero backlighting. I what I do have. I was, is... It was so exciting when I got it, and then I was like, "Wait, I will never have a use for this." So it is turned off to save battery life. Yeah, yeah. I have um, I have a lamp behind my computer that I use most of the time, but even then, it's like tilted down and mostly ambient. So right. Yeah, I also like imagine like that immersion is good if you like play games and stuff. I just don't. I for me it's more writing. Like uh, if I have to like write a paper for school, I have to like black out curtains, lock everything down. Just oh, that sounds horrible. I I don't know. It's just the only way I can focus. Maybe yeah. it's because I was homeschooled. I don't you, know. You do you. Chalk squad. If you have to put yourself in a cave to work on school, <laughs> let me know. I feel there alone. You go. Very alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. I want to be supportive. I just don't get it. Well, it's because you've got nice eyes. Yeah. So then there's this uh exchange where he's like you know russell's like i don't want trouble and i don't want to have to hurt you and eugene's like is that what you said to jenny roberts when you kidnapped her from holstein's bookstore and he's like who exactly that is exactly what i said right and then out of the shadows detective pat ethan goes i think you know her better as abraham lincoln Bum, bum, bum. And she says uh i mean it's great the old you were baited and trapped yes sir and so that basically he's caught, and this is the this is the kind of climax. You know, the jig is up. Um, yep. Doctor Marcus has been taken in, <laughs> right, and right. if I he's like him, he's like you don't have me on you don't have me on anything. I just like a random break in right yeah. now, and she's like, well, if I know Detective Marcus, he'll Detective be, Marcus. Well, if I know Doctor Marcus, he'll be blabbering like a fool. Or yeah, yeah, she yeah, says. yeah. Oh, you will have made a full confession by now. Yeah. Um, he's if he's as cowardly as i expect yeah <laughs> to which at this point my note is do we ever get an explanation as to why they want the report and i kind of wish we didn't yeah <laughs> so we then go and i was the whole time when we were establishing the thing and it's eugene like researching teaching trends or something in yeah, the area and i was like is this state. somehow going to look bad for marcus and no he wants tenure and Ethan gets to explain that because Jenny has a, I mean, a really fun line of yeah. just being like, uh, can you explain what tenure is for the younger people, members yeah. of the audience? Yeah. Which is like her just being like cute and precocious, but also like wink, wink. There are kids listening and they don't know what, what tenure, tenure is. is. And to be honest, I, yeah. Well, you know why I know what tenure is? Do you have it? No. Listening to this episode. Oh. As a kid. That is the reason I know what tenure is. And also, tenure is... Reading Calvin and Hobbes is the reason I know what a lobotomy is. There you go. (laughs) Also, tenure weirdly comes up in, like, various, like, detective crime novel TV shows things. It's a common theme. I think it's probably just the uh, the writers of said things being upset that they themselves don't have tenure. (laughs) So the, the the whole deal is... Ethan can or Marcus was is eligible for t- he's on a track for tenure, mm-hmm. but he doesn't ha- he's never written a paper mm-hmm. for a major journal, and Eugene wrote a great one, mm-hmm. and so he hired goons to break in to Eugene's room to mm-hmm. s- to delete all the copies. Yep. Then go to Holstein's books, steal the copies along with another book. And that he had ordered mm-hmm. and some money, and then he will have the copy. He will turn it in, and Eugene won't be able to, 
you know, yeah, there will be get no... him in trouble because uh, he's a established professor and Eugene's some dumb kid. Because when you look at Eugene, you think dumb child, right? And and it's not like and not you know, how does he see behind those glasses and bangs? And it's not like we've set up stuff previously with you know Eugene's like scruples being tested and yeah. Wit being on the board of directors for the college. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess Wit's in the Middle East right now, so maybe that's not a factor. But it's still like I don't think you could get away with this. Also, you hired goons. So that you could steal a, a paper? paper? Like, write a paper. Yeah. it. I'm in college right now, and I haven't written anything that's worth being published. That's for sure. However, if I were to, it would You've probably... you a professor for how long? Yeah, it would probably be... He's a doctor. He has his right. doctorate. Also, can he just, like... Could he just have, like talked Eugene into letting him be a co-writer on the paper, and then this would all be solved, right? Uh, you have to be yeah. sole author to get tenure? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't know a then, lot about grad But he could have just built off of Eugene's idea and yeah. just been like, this is great, I'm going to do the exact same thing in one year, and it will be fine, because da- that's how data works. You have to update it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so gross and messy, and obviously there's, you know, it expands and it escalates in ways that they, that he wouldn't expect with the kidnapping and whatnot. But like, boy oh boy, is this not a satisfying conclusion? No, no, it's 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 the equivalent of like, I don't know. I've my mom's gluten free, and I've accidentally eaten gluten free food when I thought it wasn't gluten free mm, food. Right, of course. And We've you get that there. feeling of sand in your mouth. It's it's like that. Yeah. You're like this could be so great. Bites down. This is very fine sand with chocolate chips in my mouth. Right. I don't and want this anymore. There's, there's this other there's this other thing where like I love detective recaps. That's mm-hmm. one of the great joys of reading a detective novel or watching an episode of Psych or listening to good detective episodes of Odyssey. However, her recap she does, she explains the tenure thing, which was the only piece we were missing, mm-hmm. and then recaps a bunch of stuff we already knew. Yep. Which we've talked about this many times, and honestly, usually does a really good job of, like, you just, you don't do the same thing twice. If you've already shown something, you don't need to t- tell something. If you are already told something, you don't need to show something. Exactly. And they just fall into this trap. Erase all trace, Eugene. Yeah, no, yeah. and there's there's... The confessions, and then, yeah, it's just basically them, yeah, they're retelling everything, and they drive it home by saying, well, they were wrong because they misjudged the people involved, and then she goes through and explains how she didn't think that Holstein would have the silent alarm, or that Jenny would be such a good witness, or that the police would, you know, do their job. (laughs) Uh, And to be fair, that's fine, but as far as, like, in the nature of ending this episode and everything like that, it just, it's, it's lackluster. And, you know, it's nice that she's still affectionate and she's recognizing that these people did good things. And that, Mm -hmm. that is good. Um, and you know, she does seem genuinely appreciative, especially to Jenny. Um, she, she gives Jenny a lot of, a lot of special attention, which makes me happy. Yes, I do. I do really appreciate also. Uh, yeah. And then we, we basically end on, Quinn offering her a job 
mm-hmm. and her kind of chuckling about it and being like, yeah, maybe someday. For the spinoff series. Right. And then, um, and then she asks about Wit's End and Connie and Eugene are like jokey about yeah. it about not knowing where that is and then jenny's like come on guys and yeah. offers ethan her hand to go to wit's end yeah which is really sweet is a good call back to her complaining about mm-hmm. people always grabbing her hand in the first episode but she's like trusted this person she's grown as a person like it's it's good i it's a good episode it just falls a little short for me and this is a podcast where i talk about that yeah so i'm sorry people well no and and to be fair we were so positive about the first two parts that that is the thing is if this had been the middle part it would be way less big a deal Mm -hmm. but because we're coming off of two amazing episodes and then we get this one and i'm like it just undershoots a little bit yeah those those, like soggy cheerios equivalent yeah um but that is yeah and that's and that's where the episode goes out yeah it i don't know i mean like we said i i genuinely enjoyed this this whole three-parter the the ending is a little disappointing but i really liked ethan as a character and i loved uh jenny as a character getting to know her that unique perspective that she has being blind and kind of navigating that i wish we had gotten more jenny this episode yeah that that is the other thing is the previous two episodes is jenny's initial kidnapping and then her working through the clues Mm -hmm. and this one everything just kind of happens around her even the clues that she was able to give before aren't really relevant Mm -hmm. they like Katrina ID like they've got the dude's fingerprints Katrina IDs his face yeah but they do call Jenny into ID his voice just you know to give Jenny something to do this episode yeah and, I mean cross all you know cross all the T's dot all the I's like it makes we sense, get the but... yeah we get the perfect witness line like you know it, yep. yeah it's pretty standard um, yeah yeah do you have anything else you'd like to add about this episode Dylan not really um I have I have a tangentially related plug here of just like something else that we were like we're talking about these episodes and like how well they like depict and then like build on her blindness mm-hmm. um and how cool that is and it just made me think of the uh um a movie i watched fairly recently that came out this past year called sound of metal oh okay um that uh actually i watched with a friend of the pod uh nathan haverstick hey and uh when we're recording this just this morning it was announced as an oscar nominee uh for best picture so i'll have to give it but it is a uh it's a movie about a guy who is in who's a drummer for um a band losing his hearing oh and it is extremely good in grappling with all that and it's just cool and i like it um, and that movie made me think of the incredible miniseries uh, Undone, which might mm-hmm. be getting a second season, so technically not a miniseries, which also has a main character who is who is deaf. And yeah, I don't know. I, I realize that that is not the same as being blind, but <laughs> it made me think of it in just yeah. like, especially because like Sound of Metal is so much about getting you as the audience to experience what the person is going through Mm -hmm. and so um 
yeah, I think that was a nice tie into this. I thought of it immediately during the first episode, but we've been plugging so many movies. I wanted to save it for the end. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Well, I, I want to watch it now. <laughs> that sounds like something I would really enjoy. Yeah, it's um, a good one. We have some news. Why, why would we have news, Andrew? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, well, oh, right. We're done. We're done with we're done with the three parter, and we don't we don't know what's coming next because this wasn't part of a big arc. Yeah. Um. Well, next week we will be um talking about let's call the whole thing off, mm-hmm. which is the next Rydell episode. We've got a fun guest for that. It's mm-hmm. a good time. It was recorded like when you're listening to this over two months ago, I think. Yeah. So we have no idea in that episode that we're even going to cover The Perfect Witness. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll get to enjoy all that nonsense next week. Um, and then the week after that, we'll be coming back on a new saga. Um, did, you, did you hear that, guys? I said saga. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that, that's a hint. Um, this may be oft-requested. It might be the only thing people want us to cover anymore. I don't know. Andrew, what are we covering? We're covering Green Ring! Woo! Yay! Us! We're doing it, finally! <laughs> yeah! And we are not just covering the Green Ring album, but we will be covering the episodes dealing with the aftermath of that mm-hmm. album. Naturally. Up to and including the long end. Mm-hmm. Um so look forward to that coming across your feeds for the next few months. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. We uh, will get to hit on a new Odyssey that I actually know. Yeah, and have some and, affection for, hopefully, still. And then we end on stuff I've never heard. So yeah. we'll see. It'll be... I'm excited for it. I really liked Green Ring. Um, so, yep. yeah. I, I, have, I have a lot of nostalgia for Green Ring. Um, I also... Uh, I'm looking forward to finally uh, talking about a thing that has been bugging me for however many years since that has come out. Like 10 years or whatever. More? Yeah, 10 years. 10 years? Um, so that's going to be really fun because I, I basically, the whole reason this podcast exists is because I wanted a, po- a, a platform for one dumb anecdote. <laughs> really? Because I've never had anyone to talk about it with. Okay. That's not really why this exists, but it does kind of feel like we've been building to this. Definitely. So you can look forward to that anecdote coming to your uh, podcatcher, hopefully uh, Overcast or Player FM, uh, this <laughs> summer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, often hyped, uh, very rarely lives up to it. We are very excited to cover I know. this This It's going to be interesting. With that being said, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for episode 909. Let's call the whole thing off. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Fam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Pod on Twitter and Instagram or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Perfect Witness Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalkpod. Pod.